You know, a, a lot has changed uh, since I was here last. A lot has changed in my life. A lot has changed in your life. Uh, but it's, it's wonderful. I love to see that some things haven't changed. Uh, just at the very beginning of the service, introducing the sermon series, Jesus, Tell Us a Story. You're still here sitting at Jesus' feet, asking to hear stories about Jesus. And I can tell that you have been hearing about Jesus. You've been getting those Jesus stories because of the way that you've grown, the way that you've endured and persevered. And I just want you to know that that's a beautiful thing. This morning, your prayer is my prayer. Jesus, tell us a story. Open our hearts, open our ears to the words that you have for us in Matthew chapter 22. Please stand out of respect for Jesus' words. The Gospel according to Matthew chapter 22. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off. One to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. This is the gospel of the Lord. You may take your seats. So Jesus tells us a story, it's a wedding story, and wow, I'm certain that none of you has been to a wedding like that, none of you has experienced a wedding day like that before. For starters, this is a royal wedding, a king is throwing this wedding feast, this wedding banquet for his own son, and so you know he's, he's going to pull out all the stops. You'd think the guests to this, this wedding, they'd be excited, they'd be cordial, they'd be polite, but no, they, they shrug off the invitation. And some of them even go so far as to take those servants that are extending the invitation, rough them up, and kill them in cold blood. So the father of the groom has quite the wedding day, then he sends his army, burns down their city. Meanwhile, the, the wedding feast, I mean, the steak and the mashed potatoes, they're there, they're ready to be served, starting to get cold, and the Lord, the King, sends out more servants. The wedding hall must be filled, and so the servants go out into the streets 
and bring in all that they can find. The good as well as the bad doesn't matter. It's a wild story, but that's on purpose. Jesus has a higher meaning. When Jesus tells these stories, they don't miss. Jesus doesn't miss. And so Jesus, he's telling a story of insane rejection to the very same people who are insanely rejecting him. Israel's religious leaders. If, there are, if there's anybody that should be the first through the doors to that wedding feast of God's kingdom, you would think it would be Israel's religious leaders, God's chosen special people. But they shrug off the invitation. They reject the centuries-long invitation to the feast. Their forefathers who killed the prophets rejected them. Now they are rejecting the prophet, Jesus himself. And as they are rejecting it, people are coming into the kingdom in droves. People off the streets, the tax collectors and the prostitutes, the Gentile foreigners are being brought into God's kingdom. I told you Jesus' stories they don't miss. They address the big issues. They answer the big questions. Your life included. And this, this story in particular has huge implications. You notice in the children's message, you notice in the gospel reading, some people attend the wedding feast, other people do not. Some people are brought into God's kingdom, others reject. Eternal implication not everyone is going to heaven. That'll wake you up on a Sunday morning. Maybe, maybe it bothers you, maybe it concerns you a little bit. You think, God, you're, you're all powerful, can't you, can't you make something happen? And some people, they are so bothered by that fact that they say, no, like hell, that's, that's just not a thing. Everybody's going to end up in heaven one day, some way or another, they'll all be there. Now, there are a lot of things in God's book, but that's, that's not one of them. And so then we're left with the big question, why? One of faith's biggest questions, Christianity's biggest questions, why some but not others? Why are some at the wedding banquet and not others? Well, we can, we can answer that second question right, right away. Why not others? Jesus tells this story of insane rejection. People reject God. The invitation is out there, but they shrug it off. They reject it. They are, the people in Jesus' story, they are invited to the wedding of a lifetime. This is a royal wedding, and they say, no thanks, better things to do. Let me put that in Aiken terms for you. It's like, it's like your neighbor, your buddy has extra tickets to the Masters Sunday afternoon. And you think, well, uh, yeah, maybe, but I, I take a look at my front yard. It's looking a little mangy. Maybe I, sh I should really mow the yard. Thanks for the invite, but no, I'm going to pass. What? Are you, are, you, are you crazy? Are you insane? I'm sorry, but if, if you reject those tickets, that's, that's on you, man. And so you see, this, this is insane rejection. Who would ever think to miss out on that? It's insane rejection, and you see it all around you. Driving around on a Sunday morning, the roads are empty. 
People shrug off the invitation. They've got better things to do. Church, God's house, God's people. Eh, not today. People reject God and his invitations. People like you and me, question mark. Maybe, maybe our rejection doesn't look so ugly on the outside. But inside, it's, it's equally insane. When God gives us the daily invite to be with him in his word, to be with God's people, to be out on the streets bringing more people into the kingdom, we so easily, maybe so conveniently find better things to do. Sure, we will, we will sit down on the couch and, and we will burn through those four episodes of David Beckham's Netflix documentary. But then it comes to four chapters of King David and it's, Yawn, snooze. But, but, but why is that? Jesus gives us this book, his holy word, and it is a treasure box of, treasure box of gospel gold. And yet it collects dust sitting on the shelf. It's insane rejection when you realize what you are missing out on. But at least you and I can take comfort in the fact that we never get violent, we never get hostile when God's invitations come, right? You've listened to enough sermons by this point to realize that that is also just pastor sarcasm. You know that Jesus' story hits us there. The people in Jesus' story, they violently reject his word, his invitation. God's word goes out and it meets opposition in the world. There are plenty of people in this world that do not want to see this kingdom advance. God's word goes out into the four corners of the earth and there is violence. There is aggression against it. But when God's word goes out into the corners of your heart, sometimes it can also find some opposition. Corners of your heart that you have marked off, no trespassing, this is mine, God. What are those things that God could call out in your life? The temper that, that drives your rage? The lust that guides your eyes? The greed that governs your wallet? God's word pokes at those things. Because he wants what's best for us, but God's word pokes at those things and we can fight back. We can get defensive. We can get aggressive. It's insane rejection. Why not others? It is, it is simply a matter of the sinful, stubborn heart. It's not, on God's, it's not God's fault. It's not a faulty invitation. But it is the sinful heart that rejects his gracious and free invitations. And so on a morning like this, we need to sit at Jesus' feet and pray, Jesus, tell us the story. It's a story of warning. Jesus warns us about the dangers, the implications of rejecting his, his invitation. And Jesus, in his grace, he tells us that story. But then he does us one better. He talks up just how great his father is. Did you ever, did you ever do that in grade school? Maybe argue with your friends about whose dad was better, whose dad was bigger, whose dad was stronger, whose dad drove the cooler truck, well, the, the father of the groom in this story is, is pretty great. 
even after facing all of this rejection. He doesn't have to invite anyone to this feast, and yet he sends out the invitation and brings everyone in. Good, bad, doesn't matter. Of course, the king in the story, the father of the groom, we're talking about God. God who so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Everyone. Are you in the world? Silly question. Yes, you're in the world. But you know what that means for you? It means that God loves you. It means that God has invited you. He wants you at that wedding. There is a chair with your name on it. Do not forget that that God wants you at that wedding. He wants to shower you with the greatest gifts. Just like Isaiah prophesied. A feast with the finest wines, the finest meats. A place, can you even imagine, a place where death has been swallowed up. Where disgrace is removed. And where tears are wiped away forever. God invites you to that feast. But the question is then, why some? We said, well, why not others? They, they sinfully reject God. That is a human problem. But how do some people attend the wedding? It, it would maybe make sense to say that if you are at the wedding, that's because you did something. You accepted it. You walked in. We'd like to take some credit for being at the wedding feast. But those people on the streets, they didn't do a thing. God brought them in. They didn't pay for their seat. They couldn't pay for their seat. They didn't do the king a favor. They weren't really good people. It was only God. A hundred percent God. God gets the glory. God takes the credit. Because it is God from beginning to end. God calls. God saves. God rescues. God delivers. God brings you in off the streets. And God gives his very best even to the very worst. Why some God and his amazing, amazing grace? There's this, this one final scene in Jesus' story, and it, it really catches your attention. The king, the king notices that there's one guest not wearing the wedding clothes. And this guest is kicked out, thrown into the darkness. And there, there, is, there is a warning here for us that if you try to get into the wedding outside of God's way, outside of God, it doesn't cut it. Nothing we can do, nothing we bring to the table makes us the wedding guest. It's only God. But there's a moment in that exchange that I sort of get stuck in, frozen in. Because the, the king sees this this guest, not wearing the wedding clothes. And he asks him, how did you get in here? And the man was speechless. And that's, that's where I get sort of stuck. That silence just hangs in the air. If you imagine watching this play out, this uncomfortable silence, how did you get in here? No answer. Why me? How did I get in here? Maybe you start asking yourself that question. 
Faith's biggest question, why me? How? Why, why would God ever choose me? You can get stuck there thinking. The man in, in Jesus' story, he was an imposter. He wasn't supposed to be there. And if we get stuck there long enough, we might start thinking, maybe it's not for me. Maybe the people around me, yeah, they're, they're good Christian people, but me, I'd, I don't know if I should be here. Do you ever feel speechless, like you have no answer? I look out into the chairs this morning, though, and I think, no, you're not speechless. I, I know you're not speechless. I ask you, why you? All you'd have to do is tell me your story. Tell me about how God wrote your name in his guest list before time ever began. Tell me about how you had no business being there. True, I agree, me neither. But that God brought you in. That God sent his son in time to die for you while you were sinners. Not while you were really good people, you had life figured out. But while you were sinners, Christ died for you. Tell me about how God brought you in off the streets, made sure that his servants found you, whether that was a parent or a friend or a pastor. They found you and they extended that gospel invitation. God did this for you. Tell me that story. Tell me how you are invited. You are attending that feast. Why you? Why me? Jesus. 100%. This morning, our stories are connected. We get to celebrate just, just a taste of that wedding banquet together, and it is a wonderful thing. It truly is a beautiful thing to be with God's people in God's house, with Jesus and his word. And we think, why? Why us, Jesus? Why here in beautiful Aiken, South Carolina, Jesus? Jesus, Jesus, only Jesus. And so as we go out with the rest of our lives, we go our separate ways, one thing remains true. The wedding invitation is yours. So I encourage you, hold on to that invitation. Clear the calendar, save the date, because that wedding feast will be like none other. No matter what chapter you are in in your life right now, that is your happily ever after. That is your joy that knows no measure. That is your story, our story without end. Amen.